It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food. Let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo! What's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or tune in. Type in the search the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Boom, you're in there. Yes, podcast number two for the week. I told y'all I was making another one. I told y'all. Why am I doing this? Why am I so crazy? Because I don't know when I'll be able to do it on a consistent basis. I just got my schedule for the Los Angeles Clippers. I just got my schedule for the Los Angeles Kings. I know my schedule for the Los Angeles Chargers. So I am a very busy man. And speaking of Chargers, you know, I want to thank you, Patty Gutierrez, for coming on last week, or last episode, I should say, earlier in the week. Um, to talk about Five North Bolt, along with you know her entrepreneurial uh, experiences and her motivational speaking, it is a charger heavy week doing this podcast. Uh, like I said last podcast, the Chargers they are very important to me. Not because they're my favorite team. I love this team with all my heart. I I, I really do. I hope one day before I die, I get to witness a Charger winning Super Bowl winning Charger team. I will spend all the gear I, you know, money I have on gear to be able to purchase. You know, I, I'm just, I want it to happen. I'm just, I, I'm at a loss for words. But not only have the Chargers, you know, been the football team I, I love and adore, they've also brought in a lot of special people into my life. I've met a lot of friends that I consider family that I don't think I'd ever meet just hanging out with, you know, going into Charger chat rooms and joining Charger clubs and hanging around hardcore Charger fans via Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or even at the tailgates. The Chargers have become a part of my identity as a fan. Now, I don't dress up and I don't wear makeup or wear any costumes or anything like that. If you see me, you'll, you'll, you'll see me wear a hat and a shirt at most, maybe a hoodie if it's cold enough. Because, you know, I, I'm a fan, but I don't get into it like that. No disrespect to anybody that does. And if you see that it's disrespectful, then you're just not really smart. Sorry. Nonetheless, one of the things that attract me to this football team is the fans. Some of the best fans in the world, some of the best fans in the NFL are Charger fans. Because they are giving people, they're loving people, they're kind people, and they all have similar backgrounds some of them have backgrounds that you wouldn't expect to have. And a little bit about my background, for those that haven't heard the podcast before, um, I grew up in San Bernardino, California, and I grew up with not a lot of things um, material-wise. Um, there were times where we'd have to go house to house to use showers so I can bathe properly and smell good to go to school the next day even though I may not have lived in the place where I took a shower. 
There were times in a park called Paris Hill Park in San Bernardino, California, where in order to find money to have food, my mother, my brother, and myself would dig into trash cans and look for aluminum cans so we could catch them in and have enough to eat dinner that night or lunch and dinner that day if we hustled hard enough. Even seeing people I know and went to school with and even got made fun of just to survive. And that was some of the hardest times I've ever experienced as a teenager where you're trying to find yourself and find your identity. And the only thing you know is that uh, survival. And survival is one of the hardest things, you know, like at that age, you don't know what anything else. All you want to do is make sure you eat. Make sure you have a place to sleep. Make sure you're clean and you shower. That's survival. And if you got to dig in trash cans day and night, 24-7, you do it if you have enough to eat because nobody wants sleep for dinner. It's not a fun thing. Trust me, it's not a fun thing. And so I'm tying the two in like, why are you talking about this? You know, some of y'all that are day ones have heard me talk about my days of having to dig in the trash cans and you know, at times sleep in the van, the family van, um, things of that nature until my mom really hustled and got us a place to stay. That's why I have nothing but love for my mama. She did everything she could and she made it great for us. So enter 2019. There is a football player I've been dying to interview, dying to meet, love his background. His name is Jeremiah Spicer and he'll be on next segment. Um, I recorded this interview earlier in the day, so I do have to get a, a special shout-out to Jenny Trujillo. She's the person that hooked up the interview and made it happen. She contacted him, joined us together, then he and I got into contact, and we ended up having a lot more in common than I thought. We knew a lot of the same people. Uh, we've been through a lot of the uh, very similar circumstances. So, Jenny, thank you for the hookup. Uh, getting Jeremiah Spicer to come on the Big Brother Jake podcast. So shout out to you. And now she's blushing. I could tell and I can't even see her. But I will say this. Uh, this young man is hungry. I mean, maybe literally, but he's high energy. He's a lot of fun and his enthusiasm with what he's been through growing up in Skid Row in Los Angeles, being abandoned by his family, found in a trash can, Go from foster home to foster home. Eight different high schools. Nothing stopped that guy. Not one thing stopped that guy. And now he's competing for a spot on the Los Angeles Chargers. His story is an amazing story. You'll definitely hear that next segment. This guy has let nothing stop him. Nothing. Yet there's people out here on a daily basis that, Why didn't have my daddy growing up? Oh, I grew up in the hood, and I don't have nice things like white people. You know, here's the thing. We all have some kind of adversity in our life. Rich people go through strife. Poor people go through strife. We all have our ups and downs. I know poor white people. I know poor black people. I know poor Latinos and reverse, you know, 180, whatever you call it. Switch it up. Vice versa. Rich and poor. Everybody has their struggles. It's how you come through those struggles and come out of those struggles that make you the person you are. If you could persevere through any of your craziness, you could do it. 
Yes, I had my problems. There were times we couldn't eat. There were times, you know, I missed my dad. I didn't have a dad growing up, even though he was there. He really wasn't on a daily basis. You know, I didn't know how to do quote unquote manly things. You know, I could have used the excuse of, oh, you know, I have asthma or I have bad knees or I grew up in a poor neighborhood or, you know, I had issues with my mom when I was younger, whatever, and not become somebody. You know, those are the things that used to drive me. I wanted to make sure that I made it out of the ghetto and I wanted to make sure I had food every day, hence why I have such a big gut. And there's some truth to that. I'm scared to death. I hate going to bed hungry, and I know it's a bad thing to eat. You know, you get you know acid reflux and all that if you're a big guy like me, you know. But it's like, I don't want to go to bed hungry ever. Like, that feeling is the worst feeling in the world. So I fed off of the negative energy and hear people say, you're going to do that? You can't do that. Radio? Radio? That's not for people like you, Jake. Really? Since I was five, I always wanted to do it. I didn't care how I was going to get there, but I knew I was going to get there. So anything that happened to me, good, bad, or indifferent, I channeled that energy, and damn it, I got to work with the likes of Vince Scully, Stephen A. Smith, the great Jim Daniels, you know, L.A. radio legend, okay? I worked with a lot of people. I worked with Jay Glazer. I've worked with Dan Patrick. I've worked with all of them, all of them, Tom Likas. Dr. Drew and Anna Corolla, I was their intern. I worked my ass off. Why? Because I knew that I wasn't going to have anyone help me out, so I had to do it on my own. Luckily, the great Tom Bowman, I love him to death. He's my radio brother, my radio uncle. He believed in me and saw, damn, he's going to do it. Or my man Jim Daniels. Or my man Ben Maurer. Or my man JT the Brick and Tom Looney. They all saw it in me. Rob Dibble and Amy Van Dyken. They saw it in me. Fox Sports Radio, CBS Radio, Los Angeles Dodgers, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Kings. Yes, they all saw something in me because of my hard work. And I'm not here to just brag on myself, but I I, I can't stand when people just have an excuse as to why they can't be who they want to be. Oh, it's because I was black. Oh, it's because white man this. Oh, it's because of, oh, man, I'm Latino and nobody wants to see a brown man here. Nah, man. If you want something bad enough, damn it, you'll do it. You'll find a way to get it done. You'll find a way to conquer those dreams. Yeah, I was 38 years old when I got my degree, but damn it, I got my degree. I was 25 years old when I got my first successful radio job, but I got it. I didn't give up. I put in the 10,000 hours of man hours and, and practice and worked my ass off. And that's why I love Jeremiah Spicer. This kid is an, just an amazing kid. He's 20, well, I call him a kid because I'm way older than him. He's 28 years old, but he's from Skid Row in Los Angeles. He worked his ass off to get a tryout with the Cleveland Browns and the L.A. Chargers. Still, still funny saying that. But he did not let any excuse he had. He could have gave up a long time ago. But he persevered, and now he's fighting for a spot on the Chargers. And, man, I'm hoping he gets it. So enough of me ranting. Yes, I'm just trying to relate the stories because I've been there. I've been hungry. I've dug in trash cans. This man was on Skid Row. Grew up. If anybody ever has been to Skid Row in Los Angeles, it would change your life forever. Forever. That place 
My kids are still like, oh, my God, I can never go back, Daddy. Because I took them there when I was acting a fool. And I said, you want to end up and do bad things and you want to make bad choices? I'm going to take you somewhere where you'll end up if you do make bad choices. But Jeremiah Spicer rose above that, got some tryouts in the NFL. Got a, he, He's in the XFL draft pool as well. But, nah, as a Charger fan, I want to see his ass out on the field with a jersey on, putting in work as a linebacker. So, without further ado, I'm going to make sure I shut up now. Y'all need to listen to this man, Jeremiah Spicer, one of my favorite people on the planet from now on. Now we follow each other on all our social media. He's one of my favorite people in life. And if, if he does not inspire you to want to do your best, then you just aren't listening. So, Jeremiah Spicer, right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Back on the Big Brother Jake podcast, we have a special guest, uh, somebody I'm hoping will be a Los Angeles Charger. He grew up here in Los Angeles on Skid Row, and his name is Jeremiah Spicer. Jeremiah, what's good, man? How you doing? How's it going, man? Thank you for having me, man. Glad you could make it on, brother. Thanks for coming on. You grew up here in Los Angeles. Tell us about your story of how you came up in Skid Row in L.A., man. Well, I was down there. My mom was on drugs downtown L.A. Skid Row. She, she had me down there with her, you know, took me everywhere she went, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got taken away by Child Protective Services, um, you know, and I ended up getting paid for my grandmother. Out in L.A., too, she lived in L.A. on Figueroa on 41st and Fig. Okay. You know, so I ended up getting um, paid for her. And then I ended up getting took from her, my grandmother, and then ended up getting put. I ended up getting took my grandma child protective services again, you know, um, and then ended up getting put in foster homes. And then after that, I ended up getting put in group homes. And then after that, it was just you know, just just adversity, man. Back to back to back to back. My grandma and my mom ended up dying through the process. And then I ended up being homeless in the streets, you know. Um, after I got discharged out of the, out of the, uh, foster homes and. You know, um, I was on my own, you know, when it was time to be on my own, I was just, you know, I didn't have nobody to go to. I was, um, I had no money, no nothing, you know, so I was in the streets by myself. Mm-hmm. Checked myself at RCC, Riverside City College, by myself. Just, you know, made a promise to myself to go get it, you know what I mean? And that's what I've been doing, man. You know, not feeling sorry for myself, just just being persistent and chasing my dream. You, you skipped the part, though, man. You attended eight different high schools? Yeah, I went to eight different high schools, two colleges. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Now you put in that yeah. work, man, but you, you overcame all that, and then you end up at Riverside Community College. Yeah, man. I was, man, it was a hassle, man. I was like, I was kind of like, like going through high school, I was kind of like to myself a lot, you know. I was moving around so much that right. I really didn't want to meet no friends. You know, you drive in the middle, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, going yeah. school to school could be pretty hard, man. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I didn't want to meet no friends, so I was just kind of like to myself, just listening to my earphones, playing football practice. Go to lunch, get my food, go to a tree by myself, listen to my music, eat my food, and wait for us to get done. Or sometimes I'll just get my food and go stand with the football team. Right. Stand there for five, like five minutes and then, you know, you know, and then just dip off, go to myself and, you know, stuff like that. You know? So through all that adversity, though, you still had your, your, your teammates that got you through all that craziness you were going through. To, to that, man, my teammates, like high school, man, a lot of people, man, believe it or not, was talking about me, man. Like, oh, you're a group home kid, you're a foster kid, and you know what I mean? So right. I had a few friends here and there, but most of the time I was by myself, man. And, you know, I was a, I was a group home kid. Nobody wanted to tell a group home kid. <laughs> but you made it work for you, brother. You made it work for you. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. We play at Riverside Community College. How did you, how were you able to uh, get on uh, Cape Fear Heroes uh, in the American Arena League? 
How'd that go? Oh, how'd, uh, how were you able to jump to that? Oh, uh, man, it was, I jumped it pretty fast. I jumped it within the first two weeks there. You know, I got a call. I got I got actually contacted by a head coach on Facebook. Oh, wow. You know, he's like, man, I've been following your story. You know, it's before my story even started booming like that, you know? Like, I've been following your story, man. I like I like everything about you, man. You, you seem like a dog, man. You seem like the type of guy I want. My team, and you know, so I came out there and Getting, getting voted to start the first week, you know. After that, the first week game, man, I dominated. So they, I just ended up starting the whole rest of the season. What? You know, so I started kickoff, mm-hmm. started back uh, uh, linebacker, started jack linebacker some games, you know, uh, or I'll switch out during the game. You know, I'll play D end, play nose guard, play the other end, you know. So I, I ended up uh, totaling up 147 tackles in first team oh, all wow. league. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> you let nothing stop you from, from greatness, man. Yeah, yeah. Nothing can't stop me, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm very persistent, man. I'm very uh, competitive and persistent. So I'm competitive with myself. So you think your adversity that you went through growing up at Skid Row, being, you know, shuffled from house to house and whatnot, being the, the group home kid, as you said, that's what drives you yeah. and inspires you to do great every, t- every time you're on the field? Man, all my adversity my whole life inspired me to do great. Like, I don't know how to quit. Like, I know, like, you know, when I'm in the game, man, I don't quit, man. I just go, I go four quarters. <laughs> I, I just want the ball. Right. <laughs> I just want the ball. So I don't care if I'm throwing up, crawling, or whatever. I'm going to get to the ball, you know. That's right. That's kind of how that is. <laughs> So, so what? I, I know you've been, you tried out for Cleveland, and, and and you're currently trying out for the Chargers right now. What would it mean to you to be picked up by your hometown team, the Los Angeles Chargers? What would that mean to you, brother? Man, that'd be a dream come true. Since I was a little kid, man, I was like, man, I always want to play, play in the NFL, and I always right. knew I could play in the NFL. I just had a lot of roadblocks and stuff like that, man. That got in front of me, you know. Uh, I also had a uh, trial with the XFL too. After, after the Chargers, you know. So right. I'm in a draft pool for the XFL, too. Wow, okay. You know, so, so you you busy. Yeah. <laughs> One way or the other yeah, is going to so work out for you. Yeah, yeah, you know. Even if I go to XFL first, I'm not sure if I'm still going you know, to be an L.A. Charger or wherever. Yeah, I'm still going to make it there, you know. But well, we want you on the Chargers, man. Time, trying to stress it. And when it happens, it's going to happen. You know, uh, my brother got called by the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. You know, we were working out, so. It can happen that fast. You, oh, know, it, you, say, I, you just can't worry about it and not have no worries. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you do make the squad, and I think you will, man. I'm, I'm praying for you, brother. What's the first yeah. thing you want to get? What, what's the first thing you want to purchase when you get that good news? Like a the good dinner? What you want to do? The first thing I want to purchase is the first tackle. <laughs> first thing I'm getting is the first, the first one. I'm making the first play, man. I'm purchasing the first tackle, man. I'm making the first play. <laughs> That's what he wants, and that's what he's going to get. That's right, brother. That might be my slogan now, cha-ching. (laughs) Cha-ching? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeremiah. I'm trying to be on kickoff, man. I'm trying to be on kickoff. Wherever I got to get to, man, and get to where I got to get to, man. I don't care if I play kickoff all season long. I'll be happy, and I'll be the first dude to the ball. I'll get the ball back. Straight just like that, you know what I mean? And I'll give my all every single play. As as long as they have a jersey for you, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, 
Yep, man. I'm just, as long as I touch that turf, that grass, man, and it's going to be a miracle, man. It's going to be a dream come true, and I'm going to be able to motivate a lot of kids that came through the same struggle as me and a lot of people in this world that, you know, even if they're not playing football, I motivate people to not give up on their dreams and they like, you know what I mean? Even Absolutely. Handicapped. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I do. That's what I do it for, really, too. You know what I mean? To right. Give people motivation not to quit. So that's Jer- why I keep going. So, Jeremiah, if you could tell 12-year-old Jeremiah, you're 28. You can tell 12-year-old Jeremiah what's about to happen. What would you tell 12-year-old Jeremiah what's going down for the future? Man, uh, focus and don't uh, get distracted, man, and don't fall into, you know, like I, I, read a lot, I listen to a lot of people, coaches too, like they kept me around longer than I'm supposed to be kept around, and you know what I mean? I should have, you know, just, I should just focused on, I would have just, I would have been there faster if I would have just, you know, just, Focused on my my goal, man, and just you know, and just pinpoint that, and just went after it instead of the, instead of just worrying about my distractions and worrying about mm-hmm. this, worrying about where I'm asleep, where I'm, you know, stuff like that, man. Just like you know, it, it was it was stressful, pretty it was pretty stressful. You know, now I know I learned how to cope with it. Right. By the time it was it was pretty stressful, man. Like where I'm gonna sleep at night, you know, after after I get out of college, uh, after uh football practice, uh, where I'm gonna sleep tonight, where I'm gonna mm-hmm. eat at, you know what I mean? Like you right. hungry as hell after football practice. And then you don't know where we're gonna eat at. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. So, yeah. so Jeremiah, I, I'll say this, man. I'm definitely rooting for you. I know all the Charger fans in Los Angeles. Everybody in twenty two countries that this show's heard on is rooting for you, brother. I really hope that you get that call. I think you're gonna get it. Just put it out in the universe, brother. Just speak your universe and say, I'm gonna get that call. And you're gonna be that man. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get that call. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at LA Charger. <laughs> That's you what know, I I just talked to Coach Lynn. That's right. I talked to Coach Lynn three years ago. Okay. What coach say if yeah, if, so if he can share that information? Good. I'm still good. Yeah? You're coach good? Yeah, we still good. You know, I'm still I'm still on the board. <laughs> okay. I just gotta wait my turn. You know what I mean? Like you said I have to catch somebody to bring you in right now. I can't do that right now. Right. I respect that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know, I don't care. I respect that. I sit, I'll wait my turn. <laughs> Well, we're all you know rooting. I mean? so that's Absolutely. What it is. Absolutely. We're all rooting for you, Jeremiah. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah. I really appreciate you, and, and God bless and good luck, man. And, and we will see you in a charge uniform. Thank you for having me on the show, too, man. Thank you for believing in me and my story, man. And, you know, and, and helping me share my story with the world to motivate somebody else that's going through a similar struggle, you know what I mean, or something, you know. Absolutely. You know, somebody that's down on themselves, they they can't make it out, you know. We, we are definitely rooting for you, brother. Hello, everybody. You listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake broadcast. Bye, everybody. All right. So, once again, thank you to Jeremiah Spicer for coming on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Man, I'm really, I'm fired up. <laughs> I want to bust through some walls. And, and, and let me tell you about this, brother, man. This guy, if he's not. On a football field, he's working out near a football field. I admire this young brother to to the highest regard, man. So, Chargers, L.A. Chargers, wake your ass up, sign this kid, put him on the roster so he can play in front of his hometown crowd and get mad love. And plus, I'm a Charger fan, so I want that. So, <laughs> again, thank you, Jeremiah Spicer, for uh, for coming on. You know, he did talk off the air and say Nipsey Hussle was his favorite uh Favorite rapper, and we're playing some uh, Nipsey Hustle throughout the whole show because it's his birthday today as we record this. So, you know, Nipsey Hustle, hell of a man. You know, everybody's done their dirt, and some people want to hold it against him. Oh, man, he was rolling 60 Crip 
Oh, man, he was a gangbanger. Oh, man, he dealt dope. Okay, but guess what, man? He also did a lot of other things. He hired a lot of people out of the prisons that were homeless at his store, the Marathon Store. And shout out to Nipsey. I got my shirt finally. Uh, shout out to the Marathon Store, I should say. Long live Nipsey Hustle. Um, I know the brothers were backed up with a million orders, a million orders. And I lived 30 miles from the Marathon Store, and four months later I got mine. It's not a diss. But I got mine the same time as somebody I know that's overseas in Bahrain. So, you know, I know they're busy, but you know, I had to support the movement and the marathon continues. So, you know, long live Nipsey Hustle. God bless you, brother. You're missed every single day worldwide. It's not just an L.A. thing, but, you know, so L.A. has to celebrate the birthday a little bit. And uh, that that has to happen. So L.A. still hasn't been the same. Worldwide, you know, I think a lot of people were affected by Nipsey's death. Um, it's just crazy. Just crazy how everything went down. Unnecessary. But, you know, he wouldn't want us down here being sad about him, crying over him. He'd want us to, you know, continue his legacy and keep the marathon going. You know, my man Kenyatta Griggs, he was on here, you know, a couple months ago talking about the life and times of Nipsey Hustle and what it meant to him or what he meant to him and you know just a good brother man give you the, the shirt off his back building the community staying true to his roots and staying in the city in his neighborhood where he grew up you know he didn't he could have built businesses anywhere in LA but he wanted to up his community so you know I had to had to say a little something about Nipsey on this episode of the Big Brother Jake podcast so um, rest in peace Nipsey Happy birthday, young brother, young king, and uh, we love you. We miss you here in L.A. And so I'm a little somber right now, but I got to transition to why the hell I'm so mad, y'all. This is the part of the podcast where Jake is mad. Dang, just because I'm loud doesn't mean I'm mad. I'm not mad. Damn. Yo, big bro Jake, tell us why you're mad, son. All right, I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. Okay, I was on a, you know, of course, I'm always on the internet. It's well documented. I love social media. And there's times where I'm on Twitter, sometimes on Instagram, sometimes on Facebook, where you see like a bunch of, you know, kids get together and prank people inside of grocery stores. Or they prank people walking on the sidewalk, you know, coming up to them and hugging them or coming up to them and like stealing their baskets and laughing or you know, somebody has like a fake snake and they tie it to somebody's ankle and then they take off running and they think a snake is after him. I'm going to tell you straight up and listen here. I'm very well, you know, I'm very aware of my surroundings. I'm always keeping my head on a swivel. Maybe it's because I grew up in San Bernardino, California. I don't know. Why are you talking so fast, Jake? Why are you so mad? I'm pissed off because I hate watching this. I hate watching innocent people getting pranked for no reason other than these idiots that are clout chasing, trying to get likes and, and, and all these hits on their stupid social media just because they're scaring the pants off some poor innocent people. I'm going to tell y'all right now, no Threat, straight up promise. If I see any of y'all come up to me, straight up come up to me, and, and, and you think you're going to prank me, think you're going to make me look stupid, and then try to post me on social media or, or, or the internet, I see you, you don't know me, you don't look familiar to me, you look kind of funny, you look like you have an agenda, I see your homeboy behind you with a camera, <laughs> smacking you up, straight up. I'm going to tell you right now, don't do it, I'm not the one. I'm not the one to be played with. And I'm hoping somebody has footage of these stupid little idiot kids and 
want to be young adults getting their ass beat. You a straight get smacked the hell up if you try to play me on the street. Okay? I'm not a tough guy. I'm not hardcore. I'm not any of that crap. But you come up to me trying to prank me, I'm going to bust you in your mouth straight up. And that's why I'm mad. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Not mad anymore. <sighs> Not mad. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. We're at the end of the show now, you know. And speaking of which, this portion of the Big Brother J podcast is brought to you by FabulistaCookies.com. Their products are freshly measured, mixed, baked, and packaged. You can be sure that the goodies you receive have not been sitting pre-made for days because that's just gross. A freshness and unfabricated homemade quality awaits you. Let nostalgia be your friend, your transporter, your memory router. FabulistaCookies.com. And let Jesse know the Big Brother Jake podcast sent you. And uh, I think I, myself, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go ahead and try to get this uh, subscription service of the cookies because I had a little taste of what she does for the special subscription stuff. And, man, Jesse hooked it up. The tailgate cookie. Oh, my God. And speaking of which. We're going to have her on the show the next episode of the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Sometime next week, we're going to record, and we're going to have her on. So you get to, if you have any questions about cookies or cooking or anything of that nature, hit me up, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com, or you could DM me, the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can, you can at me there at uh, Instagram or at Big Brother Jake or at Fabulista Cookies, and we'll answer any questions you have about baking and cookies and flavors on the air and all her pricing and all that stuff. Good enough plug for you, Jesse, because, damn it, you're going to sit in here next week and you're going to just enjoy the Big Brother Jake podcast. So there it is. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, and I am excited. It was a lot of fun this week. Double Duty busted out two podcasts. Not one, but two podcasts this week. You know, again, want to thank Jeremiah Spicer for coming on the show. Um, and, and let me say this. We all complain, and me included, about, you know, oh, man, we got to get up and go to work. Oh, man, I got to go grocery shopping. Oh, man, I got to clean up the house. That just means, A, you woke up, so you're blessed. B, you could afford to eat so you can go to the store. C, you had a house to clean up so you have a roof over your head every day. And look. We're all jaded. We all wish we had what others have. You know, even though there's kids sipping out of mud water across the world, we don't take into consideration what we have. It's a sad, sad situation. Like, I used to work at McDonald's, right? And at the end of the shift, we used to have a bucket of food that was waste. And they measured the waste. And I remember being who I am growing up in San Bernardino, California. I was like, hmm, let me take the waste out, y'all. I'll take it to the trash. Yeah, the trash was the back of my car. (laughs) So I would just have a plastic bag on the ready and dump it into there. And then uh, (laughs) we have food. It wasn't that bad. You just heat it up and it's ready to go. But. McDonald's says, uh, yeah, we accounted for that waste, so it must go in the dumpster. 
Now, I had zero money in 1994. I was 18, pissed away a scholarship, which I, I'll say on the air one day what happened and what I did wrong. But nonetheless, I was a hungry kid, had no money, barely getting by, and they're telling me I can't take it home and eat it because it was accounted for waste. And that's what I'm saying. You got Skid Row, one of the biggest homeless populations in the world here in Los Angeles. And we got corporations like McDonald's and all these grocery stores and all this stuff. There's no reason whatsoever any person in the United States of America should go hungry. Like there's no reason why anyone should go to sleep hungry at night. No reason. All the food that's wasted, you know, you got these stupid hot dog eating contests. And speaking of which, in Fresno, there was a uh, taco eating contest, which, by the way, is a life goal of mine, and I'd love to try it. A man died eating in a taco contest. Probably the way I'd like to go. I'm not making fun of the situation. It's sad, but I guess he choked on a taco or something. And, and, and stop with your innuendos. I know there's so many ways you could tw- twist that. But come on, there's kids in the car. I know you have kids in the car right now. Yeah. <laughs> Eating tacos and dying. That's the way to go. Sorry I got sidetracked. But we, we as, as a nation, there's no reason why anybody should go hungry. You know? Think of all the Jeremiah Spicers that are on Skid Row right now that don't have that chance because they don't eat. They don't get food. And they're lucky if they get a shelter for the night. So homelessness and hungry, hunger and, and, and all that strikes home to me really close. So if you have a chance, buy somebody something to eat, you know, feed them. And if you're going to feed them, please don't be on camera like, yo, look at me, son. I'm feeding the homeless. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Let me get them likes, son. No, 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 no. Feed them. Be discreet, be about your business. Because I know if I had a camera in my face and you're throwing $500 at me and giving me McDonald's, and I may not want any of that because I'm so humble and I'm already homeless and getting, you know, cameras put on me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Give out of your heart. Do it anonymously and bounce. You know, you don't need cameras to show that you're a good person. People will know you're a good person no matter how you do things, so... I'm hoping one day everybody gets enough to eat. You know, there's nothing worse than going to bed hungry. So, Jeremiah Spicer, thanks for coming on. You know, just your outlook and your, 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 the way you see life is just beautiful. And again, thank you, Jeannie Trujillo, for hooking that up. Shout out to you. Next episode, <laughs> speaking of food, yes, we're going to have my girl, Jessie Childs from Fabulista Cookies herself, will be in studio. Letting us know how the cookie game goes. And I'm going to pry into her past a little bit because I may or may not know her very well. So you'll be interested. Among some other things, working on some other guests and all that. So sorry for the abbreviated portion of the uh, Big Brother Jake podcast. But I did promise two. And you got two this week. So shut your mouth. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, y'all. I say to you, deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.